This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. And welcome to Connect with Community Wākato on Free FM 89.0. You're listening to Roseanne from Community Wākato. And our guest in the studio with us today is Emma Newman, who is the Volunteer Services Advisor for Volunteering Wākato. Welcome, Emma. Kia ora. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure to have you. So today we're going to take the opportunity to have a look at the new exciting resource that Volunteering New Zealand has just recently um, developed and has made available. Uh, best practice guidelines for volunteers. Exciting uh, opportunity out there. Um, before we do that, though, Emma, maybe just a little bit of an intro on who you are and what you do. Sure. So being the volunteer services advisor at Volunteering Waikato, who is the leading volunteer centre in our region, I am the contact for all our Hamilton organisations. I coordinate our centre volunteers and basically, if you want a hand finding a volunteer role that suits you, you can get in touch with me. And yeah. Very good. All right. And we'll talk a little bit later on um, Emma's contact details and, and if you know anyone wants to make contact with her, um, how they can um, find you. So let's get right into it and look at this uh, best practice guideline resource that's come out. I was very fortunate myself to sit in on a workshop about two, three weeks ago, um, time does fly, uh, and um, yeah, I thought it was a really exciting um, resource um, out there, but you're going to tell us all about it. Sure, so the best practice guidelines, this is the second iteration um, that Volunteering New Zealand have developed for volunteer management. So they launched the original guidelines in 2012. And they ended up being nationally and internationally recognised as a tool for organisations to use. And so this is kind of a flow on from that. And the start of the year, loads of community organisations and groups were involved in the development and updates to this resource. And so they've launched it a couple months ago now. And it's, as, it, as it's called, it's a guideline. So it basically stipulates a few bits and pieces about how to really engage well with your volunteers throughout the volunteer life cycle. So if you're not familiar with the volunteer life cycle, there are seven stages that volunteers kind of cycle through, funnily enough, and these guidelines just give you some ideas and tips and guidance on what to do at each of those stages. So another really exciting thing about these guidelines is for the first time they're in, they've introduced kupu Māori, so those are some principles and values um, that we can include and incorporate that really just enrich this resource and this tool alongside um, those seven principles. Yeah. Great. So maybe we can just talk about each of those seven principles just for the listeners out there who may have no idea what we're talking <laughs> about. Yeah. So if you work with volunteers, if you have volunteers at your organization this is something you can kind of pick pieces out of the seven areas of the volunteer life cycle are you're engaging and recruiting volunteers welcoming and onboarding volunteers the volunteer support leadership and management 
training and growing volunteers, feedback and recognition, celebrate volunteer impact, and finally exiting. And these are things that a lot of us have some involvement in, regardless of our jobs, but with volunteer management, there are a few things that come into it that are a little bit different. So these guidelines are a really good resource on just some of those things we can keep in mind and with the resources you do have just to do your best to make sure that your volunteers have the best experience possible. So so with the first one around the whole recruitment, because yes. obviously for a lot of people that's a real struggle is actually finding volunteers in the first place. And we know that, you know, uh, you know, since COVID, um, it's, yep. well, I mean, I think even before COVID, it was getting harder and harder to find people to volunteer. Um, but I know that since COVID, it's probably, you know, escalated that situation a little bit more. It has. And this year, there's a few other influences on, that make things a bit tough for people. So they're less likely to sign up to things ongoing. So what the guidelines suggest is with each section, there's the principles why this practice is important, what volunteers need at each stage, and then some actual like options and tips that you could use. For recruiting and engaging volunteers, the principles they've um, outlined is that there's a positive approach to diversity, inclusion, and equity, and a proactive approach to making volunteering accessible so that volunteers reflect communities that organisations serve. And that's the accessibility thing is huge. Like what we're saying with people being less inclined to sign up to things, it's not that, that people don't want to give their time, it's just that things need to be a bit more flexible to reflect what communities are going through at the moment. So if there's anything you can do to make your role, make your volunteer program more flexible for other people, you're going to have people stick around and you're going to have people sign up. New Zealand, Aotearoa is a huge nation of volunteers. We are, yeah, one of the highest rates of volunteering in the world. And it's not just formal volunteering, it's just people who want to give some of their time. So it's finding ways to get your program out to those people and make it flexible so that they want to sign up. But yeah, inclus being inclusive, consistent, and having a robust recruitment process, all these uh, ideas are really, you know, we see them incorporated through all of the uh, areas that, you know, we have such an amazing, diverse nation, and especially in the Waikato, we have a really, really rich region. And so any way that you can find those other people who you may not have thought of that would be able to have some, something to offer and just, yeah, making them feel welcome and then, yeah. Very good. And it's really interesting you're talking about, um, you know, making – I suppose the, the 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 volunteering role or roles, whatever it might be, um, as flexible as you can for for people. I know myself personally. Um, I'm involved as a volunteer with our Hamilton Netball Centre, and um, uh, I, I'm quite busy, so I don't have time to go down and, and you know sort of support every Saturday or, or every Thursday night or Wednesday night because um, they have a lot of their junior programs midweek. Um, so we were on a roster system where I'm on every three weeks. So I only have to commit on a Thursday night every three weeks. And that really works well for me. I mean, with my role, I quite often do work at nights. So as long as I've got my roster in advance and I um, book that out, um, it works perfectly. Yep. Um, and then so then when it came to 
the big week tournament um, a few weeks ago, big secondary school tournament, I actually took the week off uh, because I enjoyed it so much um, mm. that I took the week off to go down and, and help them during that week. And then I knew I only had that week commitment. Yep. You know, again, it's not that whole season or for, you know, a whole year or whatever it might be that organisations, you know, require volunteers for. So um, I, I found that a really successful way. And mm. uh, and they've actually found that quite good in recruiting more volunteers if they know that their commitment level is, is, is not great. Yes, definitely. And ideally we would have people who want to stick around for years and show up every single week and give hours of their time, but that's just not realistic for a lot of people anymore. And something we've noticed is if you say in your recruitment message a shorter period of commitment time, that doesn't mean that people were only going to stay for six months. They're more likely to stay longer, but as mm. soon as you start saying we need years and years of commitment, you're going to lose interest because people just don't know what's around the corner as much. And then, like with your experience, if you enjoy it, they are going to show up and they are going to keep coming back. That's right. And one of the things that I really find um, of value is um, the camaraderie. Mm. So when we were there for that week tournament, you know, we had different people rostered, so it wasn't all day, every day. Um, but it was just um, we had like three or four of us working together, so it was just that camaraderie, and mm. um, you know, and then you have a different group the next day or whatever it might be. Uh, and yeah, by the by the Friday, because um, there was a, a bit of a theme around positive vibes around mm. you know girls playing sport um, with pink everywhere, and so we even decided on the on the Thursday, right? You know, getting to fourth day here, a lot of people be getting very very tired and uh, probably starting to think about going home. So we decided to go out and get all these pink wigs and pink glasses and dress up with all, all pink. And it was amazing. All I these people that. that probably had never really all worked together before all were united and came together um, because they were just passionate about it and having a great time throughout the week. So it was a bit of a party atmosphere as well. Yeah. And that's something, never underestimate the human, the humanness and the little things that we can bring. So a little connection, a little celebration that, yeah. That yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. Most definitely. In a way, it's like a, another whānau, you know, away yeah. from your own whānau um, sort of thing. And so, you know, for a lot of people, you know, um, obviously if you're, whether it's sport or any other activity involved in, um, I think where maybe your, your playing days or what you used to do uh, are beyond you, um, there's still ways to keep connected and, um, you know, still have, have that sort of team environment around mm. you. Definitely. Most definitely. Hey, look, uh, we're just going to take a little break now. Good time to just take a little break. And we're going to play a, a little tune here that we've just uh, come up with. Continuing our theme of the 80s, we're going to look at Katrina and the Waves and Walking on Sunshine.
And we've been listening to Katrina and the Waves and Walking in the Sunshine. Probably not a lot of sunshine out there today, but depending on where you are, um, or for. Um, but um, hey, look, uh, it's a great song to hopefully cheer us up. And we were just talking, weren't we, um, as we arrived, Emma, around, um, you know, what season, what's your favourite season of the yes. year? And uh, some people just love it when the uh, sunshine comes out. Mm. Uh, some people like to start to um, hibernate. <laughs> Which I am one of those people. I do prefer the colder months, um, but... Happy for all of you summer lovers out there to see some of that sunshine. <laughs> it has been a, an interesting year for that one, so happy for you. Yes, and of course, um, I'm not having a great summer last year. No. I think a lot of people out there will be fingers crossed that we're going to have a, um, a lot of sunshine this year. Yeah. Um, but uh, as I was saying to you, my favourite time of the year is autumn. Mm. Um, you know, I think that, you know, sort of, you know, temperatures are still quite warm, yeah. but, um, you know, you haven't got that beating sun. Um, and just the the lovely change of the colour with all the oh, trees gorgeous. and everything out there, eh? Which yep. we've got quite a few around us in the Waikato region. We do, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Anyway, that's not quite what we're here for today, is it? We're here to have a chat around um, the best practice guidelines uh, resource for volunteers that Volunteer in New Zealand has recently um, developed. Mm -hmm. And we talked about one of the practice areas uh, before around the whole engage and recruit volunteers. And there are seven key practice areas. And we thought we'd just maybe have a a little bit of a chat around uh, the second one, which is around how to welcome and onboard volunteers. And maybe just a couple of tips that you've got that you could share with us on that, Emma. Mm. So the principle for this area is that people, policies and procedures have been put in place in your organisation to ensure that volunteers are welcome, trained and inducted appropriately. And with a lot of these practices, you know, things make sense. Like this isn't something that would seem so outlandish, but it's just a really good reminder and it does give some great tips on what that actually looks like and what that could look like for your organisation if you feel like you're not doing the best that you could be. So a really, really important one is clarifying the role and what is required. And that kind of links back to recruitment as well, is people are going to sign up if they know what they're going to be doing. And when you're onboarding them and going through that process, it can be really tempting when you meet someone great to just say, yeah, you know, show up, come come next Monday and get started. But you have to make sure that things are really clear so that when they do show up, there's nothing so uh, out of their expectation and they're more likely to stick around. Um, Yeah, so a couple of other things is just understanding the needs and preferences of the volunteer at that stage. That's also really important. So if there's something that your volunteer particularly needs, if they have a certain time of day that they need to go and pray or they need to pick up their kids at a certain time, just finding out what they really need in life and with their, you know, just their normal schedule, but also what kind of information they need. Not everyone learns the same way. Mm -hmm. And so having a really strong onboarding process is a great platform to then develop from there and tailor it as much as you can and as much as is possible with your new volunteers so that they really understand what's being asked of them. And you you get, um, as you've already pointed out, you know, you know, uh, depending on the, the person's personality, their circumstances, um, you know, you're going to get some volunteers that are going to come right in gung-ho and they're going to be in 
boots and all and, mm. and just yeah, tell me what it is you want me to do and I'll go and do it. Um, I find also you get some volunteers that's like, yep, that's great, but um, you know, it'd be really good if you can give me a checklist of, mm. of, of everything you know, that I'm um, going to be doing, and then they're fine, and they'll go off and do it. And then, and then you probably get some that still you know, um, feel like, yeah, no, I'm happy to help, but as long as I've got someone else that's going to be yep. doing it with me and things like that, don't you? Definitely, and that social orientation and connection is still a huge part like what you were saying before about your netball experience, having that camaraderie, having that connection, not just to your colleagues, but to the co-papa of the organisation. That's what people are going to stick around for, is they're going to stay for you. They're going to stay for what you're doing as like your mission and your aims and your vision, more than just the little things that they do. Um, yeah, so any way that you can communicate that and make them feel really welcome and a part of the whanau is going to make them want to come back again. Okay. And we always talk about things like, you know, um, it's easier to keep your volunteers than it is to recruit new ones, isn't it? Absolutely. And yeah, anything we can do. All right. And that probably leads us on, um, segues beautifully into one of the other practice areas that we were going to cover, which is around that, you know, sort of between that, well, there's two, there's the feedback recognition and and celebrating um, volunteer impact. So Mm -hmm. probably any, you know, top tips you've got there as well. They're great. Yeah, and this area is huge, and it's something that we can all be working on. And, you know, we see on social media every day there's more stories and more little highlights. And, yeah, just those stories that really show the impact of what people are doing. So often in our roles, we can get caught up on the outcomes. So an outcome might be we served 50 meals tonight. But the impact of that, what is the impact that that did for your community is Mm -hmm. that those 50 people wouldn't have had Kai that night otherwise, you know. So it's finding those other little stories and then telling your volunteers how they contributed to that. Mm -hmm. Even if there's someone sitting at home with a laptop and a a phone, you know, organising shifts or drivers to get those meals out, they're still having a part to play in that impact and getting food to those people for that example. So... I kind of jumped ahead to celebrating uh, volunteer impact, but the feedback and recognition, as you mentioned, it does really come into that as well, is people need to know that they're doing a good job, even even volunteers. Like all of us, we like to know that we're on the right track, especially if they're new to the organisation and especially if they've been there for a while. Um, you know, just think about how you like to be shown appreciation. And again, it's going to be different for everyone. And there are, you're going to have different resources to be able to do that in your organisation, and that's totally fine. But as you put it before, just ask. Most definitely, yeah. And I, I know even um, from a work environment, um, you know, different um, like um, roles I've had where I've been a team leader and, you know, sort of looking at, you know, how do we uh, appreciate, you know, um, and acknowledge um, the work that our, our staff have done, you know, maybe especially over and beyond. And um, everyone likes to be recognised mm. quite differently. And uh, I actually found the easiest way to find out was to actually ask. Yes. You know, and it's amazing. Some would be like, oh, just, just a thank you is, is fine. Or just some positive affirmations that, you know, they're doing a great job. 
It might be, hey, yeah, let's go for a coffee, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there might be someone who just loves to go off-site and have a coffee or something like that. Um, it might be someone who does like the thank you card or maybe mm-hmm. uh, these days more likely an email, you know, with just a bit of a thank you, recognising them for, you know, the mahi that they've done. So it's probably, you know, just also being mindful of that, isn't it? Mm. And this is something in volunteer management that we think about a lot is how to find the balance between what your individual volunteers need and appreciate, but also finding consistency so that all your volunteers feel acknowledged. And, you know, this is one of those things, there's not going to be one solid answer. So this is where having something like the tool of the best practice guidelines is really great to give you some tips and ideas for you to think about your own context. We, you know, there are some organisations where you've got two or three volunteers and you all might have afternoon tea together and that's great for you. There might be organisations with hundreds of volunteers, so of course you're not going to be able to do that same thing. But this is where we have this resource so that you can get some ideas and just, yeah, show your volunteers a bit of recognition, give them feedback. We aren't known for being great at giving feedback, especially when it's not some of the great stuff, but a lot of people just really like to know where they're at. Um, Yeah, so taking the time to do that is going to be really... So I think what you're alluding to is from time to time there might have to be some hard conversations or courageous conversations as seems to be the the words that people use these days. And I think a key element there is to remind yourself that the volunteer is actually in a way an ambassador um, for your organisation and if maybe in some way, whether it's their behaviour or what they're doing is not quite right uh, and maybe especially not, um, you know, in the values or culture of the organisation, mm. you know, you have to be mindful of that, especially if they're yep. external facing, um, you know, engaging with, you know, community groups. Um, yeah, you have to be very mindful of that indeed. Mm. And we're always going to have different people and I think, you know, everyone has something to offer. But this is where it's really important if you go back to the first practice area, for example, is recruiting and the second with onboarding, is if you've got your values and your definite boundaries of what is acceptable and what isn't from the get-go, it sets you up for a better conversation, puts you in a better place if that does happen and you do need to have one of those delightful conversations. (laughs) Um, But I think being just really honest, people value that. People will respond to that, and yeah, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that they may leave. You, you know, there are there are options, and definitely have a look at these guidelines for some ideas on around that. That's right, because unless people, um, you know, are given you know sort of that information that mm. maybe what they've done is not quite how it should be done, yep. or um, maybe just you know their their behaviours at the time not as um, you know under the the culture or the values of the organisation. Sometimes people only know what they only know, or exactly. don't know what they don't know. So it's it is a matter of um, being transparent, consistent, mm. and and front footing it where you possibly yep. can. Most definitely. We've got just under three minutes to go now. It's amazing how time does fly. Mm. Um, before we go into just um, detail of where to find this amazing resource, um, we've sort of, I think, previously another conversation where we've talked about, if possible, for organisations to have an actual volunteer coordinator, mm. um, whether it's in a voluntary role or, or, or a paid role, depending on the size of the organisation. What's your thoughts on that? I think if you have the resource... Definitely give it a go. Coordinating volunteers is one of those skills that can come from all sorts of other industries and 
careers and yeah it's just a really good skill to have and if you have that resource your volunteers are gonna feel that support you're gonna feel that support if you don't have to do that side of things as well so I think if you can definitely look into it yeah and so they've got that then maybe a key point of contact Mm. they know who they're going to and hopefully that person is going to be accessible and 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 available Mm. um, if if the volunteer needs to contact them for some reason Definitely. All right. So as to where do we find this amazing resource? So the best practice guidelines, you can head to Volunteering New Zealand to our Aotearoa, their website. They have the guidelines there. We also have it on our website, Volunteering Waikato. Um, we've got a link on our homepage to the guidelines. Okay. And if any of our listeners are sort of wanting some more support around Volunteers, whether it's how do we go about recruiting or finding volunteers or anything else about their volunteers, how do they get hold of you? You can head to our website. We've got our phone numbers there and it can send a direct message to one of our advisors. And yeah, you can also just pop into our office. We have a beautiful fare done by the river in Hamilton Central on London Street. Pop in, we'll put the jug on. And if you're outside of Hamilton... Yeah, just head to our website, get in touch, and yeah, you don't have to be a member. You know, we we advocate for all volunteering around the region, so yeah, we're happy to have a chat. That's great. All right. So you've been listening to Roseanne from Community Waikato on Connect with Community Waikato and our guest in the studio with us today, Emma Newman. Thank you, Emma, for coming in and uh, sharing with us this amazing best practice resource for volunteers. So that's the end of our show for today. So we wish you all a lovely weekend. Forecast is maybe not looking too flash, Mm -hmm. but uh, we hope you have an enjoyable weekend anyway. Kia ora. More episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.